Welcome back to Two on OSU. I'm Sam Hutchins. Ben Hutchins joins me. We're here for Sellout Crowd, breaking down the latest for Oklahoma State continually. So we've now shifted from uh, game coverage to now the, the daily game of the transfer portal and all the craziness that can happen there. We'll touch on the transfer portal. We'll touch on some recruiting wins, some recruiting losses for Oklahoma State. May hit a little basketball too. Who knows? The first mystery is solved to the day. Ben, you were questionable to even appear on the podcast, but thanks for uh, fighting through some injury uh, slash infection to to join me. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. I, uh, I I'm wearing my my glasses today, so this is an older school look um, from me. Just had something uh, kind of dealing with my eye, but here I am back and and ready to power through another episode of two on OSU. Don't let anybody say, I don't love this show because uh, we're, we're, we're fighting through. We're, we're not operating at, at, uh, at both engines on the plane here fully, fully hundred percent, but, but I'm here and ready to put together a good show. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us. We've got to thank the other folks who are sacrificing things to, to support two on OSU and really helping the show out. First off, that's going to be two fellas movers, Ben. I'm I'm just not sure if in this day and age, a pizza and a beer or a, a pizza and any sort of six pack is enough. So if you're moving and if you need to call someone to help you out with a move, call two fellas movers. They'll help you out. They're professional. They're courteous. And they're a great partner to work with. We've found that out. We also want to thank the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. Great museum in Oklahoma City. Important to culture. Uh, important if you're 90 years old or 9 years old. Go check that out. Midfirst Bank. Banking is so important. And Midfirst Bank is a great candidate to take your banking needs there. Go support Midfirst Bank and Fire Lake Jobs. Of course, to do any of thing that uh, of the uh, aforementioned sponsors we've talked about, you pretty much need a job. So Fire Lake Jobs will connect you with a job in this state. Um, they have connections all over the state. So Search there if you're looking for a career change. And I'd also like to thank Oklahoma Ford dealers. Ben, we have firsthand benefited greatly from Ford vehicles, and I imagine you will too if you're in the market for a new car. So remember to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Ben, I'll kick it off to you. You've been doing some, uh, some calling making some calls, researching some games, and I think it's a good spot to start in the quarterback conversation. Not maybe even about a quarterback that Oklahoma State fans might have heard of, but the quarterback you need to hear of. Ben, tell us about what you've found in the Oklahoma State recruiting scene. Yes, yeah, Sam. So this year, the top-ranked recruit, according to On3 uh, for the Cowboys 2024 class, is Maya Lewaki-Smith. Um, you might have seen he was uh, one of the more recent guys. He committed, I think, just a couple weeks ago. We were at a basketball game, and it happened uh, when he dropped his video there. And he's a, a three-star quarterback, pro-style pocket passer um, out there in Northern California. Um, but I think we just need to to start everyone on the right foot, Sam. Like, Maya Lewaki Smith. I mean, you need to know his name, and you for darn sure need to know how to pronounce it. It's uh, It's easy if you kind of break it up into three kind of syllables and, and say it fast. Maya Lewaki. That's it? That's it. Maya Lewaki. Okay. Um, you and I, Ben, we're guys who've had our names pronounced wrong our entire lives for completely different reasons. Not people don't know how to pronounce Sam and Ben, but 
they just whiff entirely and switch it up. But okay, that that's the pronunciation. Yeah, and th- there's no easy way to kind of get around uh, Milwaukee. Um, so if you, you so walking around Stillwater, if you're saying his name right, um, you must be listening to our show because that is how you pronounce it, and uh, it's it's gonna make a big difference. And Sam, it's it's a name that that OSU fans should really get to know. Of course, right now the young quarterbacks who everyone's excited about are Zane Flores, Garrett Ringel, um, you know those those young guys, and um, look like of course you should be excited about him. Um, but Milwaukee Smith is, is another young guy, um, who's going to come in and he's done so much at the high school level that I think it'd be, uh, really hard to not get super excited about him as well. Sam, he broke Tom Brady's records. Um, of course he, he goes to Juniper Sarah high school in Northern California. That's where Tom Brady went. Um, Lynn Swan went there as well. So Sam, a, a deep kind of, um, football history there sure the best football history if you're a quarterback coming out of tom brady's school that that's impressive so what what records did he break because on the surface that sounds pretty difficult to break any of tom brady's records at the high school level yeah no doubt um and and i will say like tom brady tom brady wasn't even first in in these records which is interesting um of course tom brady was you know like a what is a sixth round draft pick so Maybe he always um, didn't put up the the craziest stats or whatever, but still, Tom Brady had some impressive stats. Uh, I think he was like fourth. I, I did go through the Sarah record book. Um, anyway, Milwaukee broke Tom Brady's um, passing yards in a year. Smith threw for about twenty seven hundred, and Tom had uh, twenty one hundred in nineteen ninety four. And Milwaukee Smith did this in twenty twenty two. Also in 2022, Milwaukee Smith threw 34 touchdowns, breaking Tom Brady's uh, single season record in 1994 of 20 touchdowns. So I'd say you're uh, you're on the right track if you're breaking Tom Brady's single season passing yard and single season touchdown throws. And Juniper Sarah, they're they're a solid program. It's not empty yards he's putting up, right? A lot of this time they've they've gone 25 and two over the past two seasons, and both those losses have come in the state championship game. He just recently played in the state championship game. Yeah, we wrote about it in our newsletter. And uh, thank you if if you got the kind of first look at it there. Um, we're able to talk about just some random things that we collect throughout the week and we put them in our newsletter um, if you want to subscribe to that. But yeah, Sam, we, 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 uh, we uh, kind of put the word out um, for OSU fans. Hey, tune into this game if, if you want to see, you know, potentially OSU's quarterback of the future. And uh, I guess I'm sorry if you paid the $11.99 to watch that game, Sam, because it was pretty one-sided. Modern Day High School beat Juniper Serra 35 to zero, and on paper you could say, "Wow, you know that that's disappointing." But really, um, when you if you if you've read anything or know anything about kind of high school football nationally, Modern Day is the cream of the crop. They were, um, by some publications, Sam, the number one overall high school team in the nation. Uh, so maybe 35 to zero isn't so bad. I don't know. Um, but it was, it was certainly a game that featured a lot of big time talent and, uh, it didn't go so great for Juniper Sarah. Sure. The modern day monarchs, right? Ben, I'll actually, I'll, I'll break the, the show form a little bit in front of your very eyes. Um, you know, crack snap, break, break the form wide open. There's another 
modern day connection that that I I discovered in in my reporting this week for for Oklahoma State, and that's with uh, that's with Ceci. I, I need to know how to get this name right too. I've heard it a couple different ways, but I'll call it Ceci Ceci Vahala, the the running back for Oklahoma State who popped as a freshman in the Big Twelve Championship game, and I talked to his coach, Coach Salovi, over at West in Salt Lake City, Utah, and they scheduled modern day in uh, like week one of Ceci's senior year at high school there. And Coach Salovi told me that Ceci, who again is now the running back at Oklahoma State, who Mike Gundy was so complimentary of after his uh, few snaps against Texas, Coach Salovi told me, yeah, Ceci, he really popped against modern day, against the Monarchs, against the mighty Monarchs, who uh, West fared little better than Juniper Sarah against. But Ceci, they said they used him on offense. They used him a lot on defense. And at the end of the game, Modern Day was asking how much Ceci, how much eligibility he has left if they could pick him up. So um, that, I'll have a story coming about coming out on that soon, or um, it might be already at selloutcrowd.com by the time you're listening to this podcast. But uh, for more on that, but yeah. The the modern day monarchs they're they're the ultimate test. They'll have D one guys every year coming out of there. So interesting that that those two Oklahoma State players have both played them recently. Well, and, and that's exactly right. I mean, this year modern day had um, dudes going to Oregon, Stanford, Alabama, Georgia, um, and they they did limit Sarah to just fifty eight total yards. Um, mm. So, but you know, if, if you were to ask me, I think that says more about modern day than uh, you know, anything that, that Sarah's doing. Um, but still, you know, an impressive, an impressive career, Sam, for, for Milo Waukee. Like you said, he'd led him to a 25 and two record. And I, I did talk to coach Patrick Walsh over there, Sam, and coach Walsh told me that the only games Milo Waukee Smith has lost kind of leading this, uh, Sarah team are games against the number one overall team ranked in the nation. So, <laughs> pretty pretty <laughs> tough. yeah 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 um if if that does anything for you um but certainly an impressive career for for Milwaukee and I know folks are excited for him to get to Stillwater um it uh, it'll be fun to to have him here so you should watch some of his highlights i mean i watched the highlights of uh a game during like it was right after the covid break they had him on ESPN Sam and his team got down like 14 points uh in the last quarter and he was able to lead three scoring drives at the end of the game um, to beat uh, some some high-ranked team in Northern California there. And that was kind of when Coach Walsh told me that his profile really elevated to the next sure. level of, hey, you know, this guy's something special. And one of the highlights that sticks in my mind is him stepping up into the pocket. Um, and then he shuffles with his eyes downfield kind of sideways. And uh, a defender's running right in his face, but he's able to find a guy streaking across the field at the last second for a huge gain. Um, it, it picked up a fourth down and extended that game. So certainly uh, going to be a lot of fun to watch in Stillwater. Interesting. So a pro-style guy who uh, has has Tom Brady connections, and um, uh, a, he'll, he'll be joining a quarterback room. Ben, real, real quickly, let's talk about the quarterback room next year, how it projects. Alan Bowman is a possibility coming back next year at Oklahoma State. Right now, um, like I said, it's hard to say anything with certainty when things could change two minutes later in the transfer portal era. But right now, Cowboys are going to have Alan Bowman as a possibility, and Garrett Rangel will be that guy in there, and Zane Flores will be another guy 
in the quarterback group, and then Smith will be joining that group. So that's kind of how it projects right now, Ben. But it's at a weird spot right now. Oklahoma State is uh, kind of mystery all around in terms of next season's quarterback. It, it could go, you could be starting a veteran. You could be starting a guy who's never played before. Um, it's just fascinating to have that uh, that disparity between Bowman, who could be playing in his seventh year, or Flores, who could be playing in his first game. Agreed, or another Sam, but Yeah, and I think that situation of mystery there would give um, OSU fans maybe a lot more pause or you know cautious optimism. But if you look at how it worked this year, the strength of the team you know wasn't necessarily always at the quarterback position. I mean, this team runs through Ollie Gordon. Um, and a strong offensive line. Gordon hasn't made an official announcement on if he's returning or not, but I think for four of his starting offensive linemen to announce their return, Sam, that's certainly um, a very good sign for the Cowboy offense next season if it's going to be led by Alan Bowman again, who is certainly someone who you want to keep upright um, and, and let him kind of work in the pocket, or a young guy in front of him um, who who needs all the protection they can get. The offensive line is kind of what butters Ollie Gordon's bread, and Ollie Gordon is what butters this team's bread. So certainly, maybe not as big of a worry with the quarterback kind of situation. Sure. In my mind, I would imagine Oklahoma State's goal next year is to just be in the top 12, get to the college football playoff, whether that involves winning the Big 12, which it might without OU and and Texas, without those two super high-level teams, um, maybe makes you think that only one Big 12 team could finish in the top 12 next season. But yeah, I think the Cowboys have a lot of decisions to make with, you know, do you go with an upside on the hidden upside potential of one of these younger guys? Do you like what you have with Bowman in terms of getting you to a top 12 seed and playing in the playoff? Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out, but thank you for the update on the new wild card in Oklahoma state's quarterback room. Ben, let's talk about Kobe black a little bit. The, the wild card that came up, uh, Came up empty for for Oklahoma State. Corey Black's brother, um, a four-star recruit in his own right, is Kobe Black. And he would have been one of the best Oklahoma State recruits in history and the best Oklahoma State recruit in the Mike Gundy era. That's right, Sam. And we just watched his commitment video. Um, He had a couple pump fakes reaching into the the buckets to pull out the hats, but he did put on the Texas Longhorn hat. uh, eliminating OSU and, and choosing Texas there. Um, I mean, yeah, it's he's a you know projected to be a, a top player and um, certainly someone I think the Cowboys you know would have liked to have, but they're not really used to getting those top players, and they certainly know and have shown us that they're capable of uh, producing great NFL level guys in the secondary, um, even if they're not those four star, five star guys. Yeah, I talked to Co- or I talked to Corey a little earlier ago, and Corey. He can he can return for his senior season or super senior season if he so wants. He hasn't indicated either way yet. But Corey said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm helping my brother Kobe through this process, not necessarily steering him in one direction or the other too much, just trying to guide him and make sure he does what's best for him. And uh, in, in Kobe's mind now, it is going to the Texas Longhorns. Now, the Cowboys have three recruits in the uh, class coming next year with Landon Cleveland, David Kabongo, and Willie Nelson. Not that Willie Nelson, but Willie Nelson from Longview, Texas. And all those guys are three stars. So Kobe would have been a step above that, a notch above that in the uh, 247 hierarchy. But 
he'll go to Texas and the, the Cowboys will have their backfield filled by the three stars coming in. But really, I think the, the strength of this defensive secondary next year, Ben, could be just a lot of these younger guys getting older. I think that was the main thing this year. You had a first year coordinator and a bunch of young guys out there, which the only experience, the only solution for, for uh, youth is to, to wait it out. And the Cowboys will at least have a little bit of fit to that with year with those guys getting older. Yeah, I think that's certainly been an encouraging sign for, for OSU, uh, particularly on that defensive side of the ball. Your worst you know, fear as a coach or as a, as someone overseeing this team is you, you have the young guys, you, you kind of, you know, live through the fire, you put those guys in and you live with the mistakes and you, you, you love some of the flashes um, and you really start to see them develop only for them to kind of ship out and go to another program. Um, That's kind of like the worst fear. It, um, it kind of negates all of the, uh, the good and the bad that you had to go through, Sam. So um, if the Cowboys can get, most of these young guys in the secondary to return an area that was a real weak point in 2023 can I think be a real strong point in 2024. How many hat fakes is too much if you were a recruit, which I know Ben, you were, you know, I, I guess it's not spoiling anything. You were not a four-star, <laughs> five-star or three-star recruit, but how many hat fakes is too much? Co- Kobe had two, which I thought was just about right. You, you give the whole audience that's lined up in the seats a, a chance to ooh and ah a little bit. Uh, what would you do? Yeah, he his was interesting because he had a kind of like Christmas gift bags uh, yeah. with the hats inside of them. So a little bit of a unique look there where he actually had to pull the hat out from the bag. Um, I think three is too many. Um, one, not enough. Um, so let's go two. I, I think two is a, a good happy medium to kind of get the cheers from all of your high school teammates in the background. And uh, you got to give a pump fake to the main rival. And if you notice, Sam, um, he pump faked the A&M, the, the A&M box. That's you know, right. I, I don't think that was incidental at all. You can't pump fake, you know, you know, some school. like It's got to be intentional where the pump fake is and then where you pull your hat out of. Sure. He didn't pump fake LSU or Oregon. He went, he went with A&M. Uh, OU wasn't up there. So all the OU fans would think, oh, you know, we're Texas's main rival. <laughs> OU wasn't on the table. So that's right. He did pump fake the main rival. That was possible. Um, Hey, hey, a little bit before of we move on. Before we move on, do, do you know the previous highest ranked recruit in the Mike Gundy era? I do. It's Rashetti Jones, That's right? right? The, the defensive right. lineman, um, who's now also, you know, he, he's still around the team working as kind of a motivational, um, like speaker guy. He, he'll, he'll get up and kind of talk to the group, I think, uh, several times a week. So you can actually see some of that on his social media. But yeah, Rashetti Jones, man. Uh, one of the guys who kind of anchored that 2011 uh, defensive line. So that would have made him the 2007 recruiting class. That's right. 2007. So I guess so that it's was been that long. There. So it's been that long since Mike Gundy had the, the top ranked guy. That's I know. And I, I was bringing that up to say, I guess when you get that high, you're going to be a pretty good player by and large. Um, Rashetti Jones was a great player for Oklahoma state. And since certainly developed into one. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I don't want to say it's a big miss for the Cowboys cause they aren't necessarily used to having those guys, but it could have been an interesting thing to have, uh, both the black brothers back there that, uh, is not happening. Ben, let's talk a little basketball to, to close out the podcast. A bizarre season just had one of the most bizarre games of the year 
and the Cowboys won it. I guess the, the nut graph of the story is Oklahoma State had 28 turnovers and won against Tulsa at the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City. Uh, just a, a bizarre game for, for the Cowboys, but they moved to, to four and five on the year and snapped a two-game losing streak. So how many teams moved to four and five and snap a losing streak with 28 turnovers? Only the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, yeah, it, it it looked weird on TV too. I know you were there in person, but I, I did flip on the game and you know, you see them on the, the Paycom Center court, the, the Thunder background. and Yeah, the Thunder logo was right there. It didn't look like there were a, a terrible amount of people there from uh, from the Oklahoma State contingent. So certainly just a weird vibe in there. Of course, yeah. playing to the, the top, the top uh, row, the top section was all curtained off. So it yeah. felt a little bit like a GIA wrestling match. Yeah, interesting, man. And like, just tell me what you saw there, right? I mean, was it um, the Cowboys have, you know, struggled in the past with um, a point guard? You know, Javon Small has really helped there. How have you seen, you know, like, 28 turnovers. How'd it happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I pretty much asked Mike Boynton that. That was, that was a summary of the press conference afterwards. And Boynton said, well, Tulsa does a combination of playing very aggressively on, on the perimeter and lunging for steals, trying to, trying to speed you up. And what that can lead to is sure. A lot of turnovers, but it can also lead to a lot of easy buckets. So that's why the Cowboys were pretty comfortably ahead for the most of the game despite the turnovers really racking up. Um, but Tulsa only got 19 points off those turnovers. So the, the Cowboys did a good job of, of getting back. And um, the Cowboys are still a very athletic team. They're four and five, but they're a very athletic team. And that can help make up for some mistakes, uh, make up on, on chase downs and things like that. But yeah, uh, it, it was it was a little weird. And pretty much everyone turned the ball over. There, there's not like one or two players to point through when you had 28 turnovers, but it, uh, it was a record. The Cowboys had 30 turnovers in a Bedlam game in 1988. I don't know if anyone was there uh, that listens to our podcast. And if you were, I apologize. Cause that was probably some ugly basketball, but they lost that game by like 30. So I just thought it was pretty impressive. And really Mike Boynton said it too, post game in the, the, the players like, yeah, this, this was a weird game. Crazy to win when you have 28 turnovers. Yeah, just four games left before Big 12 play gets underway. And goodness, the Big 12 is looking gnarly um, in, in the overall men's basketball rankings this season. So that's going to be a gauntlet, but I think it's going to be important to see kind of how the Cowboys, um, what they do with these four games, um, what they do in one of these games if it gets close, right? The Cowboys haven't had had any success in these close games this season. That's going to be something I'm really looking forward to is watching to see if they can win one of these close games, kind of see um, if they can develop that killer instinct, uh, whatever it is that, that helps you win games that you're going to have to win if you're right now, you know, hovering around 500. That's usually what the Big 12 is all about. And like you said, Ben, you you for uh, you forecast a little bit. Baylor's coming to, to GIA to, to open up Big 12 play. And that will be a test among many tests with KU coming and uh, when Houston and the Big 12 is going to get harder next year with Arizona and all them. I think Arizona and Kansas are the number one and two teams right now. So the Big 12 is a gauntlet that's only getting gauntleter. And I know that is not a word. So we'll wrap it up like that. Thanks for listening to Two on OSU. We ask you to subscribe and rate the show every time. I'll ask you to do something different this time, which would be to subscribe to our newsletter. Ben mentioned it earlier. We provide a, a, a lot of content that you won't get anywhere else from us and on Sellout Crowd. And Ben, I'd like to have a lot of fun with it. So 
I'd ask you to subscribe to that. I think you will enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, you can unsubscribe. But at least you tried and at least you helped me out. Uh, ben, is there anything you need to wrap with? Or, or uh, am I good to send the good, good folks out of here and wish them a Merry Christmas? Let's do it, man. Have a, have a Merry Christmas, everyone, for sure. Thanks for listening to Two on OSU. Thanks for the people behind the scenes, Jacqueline Musgrove, Michael Lane, Michael Morton, Bobby Howard, making us look good and helping the show out. We'll see you next time.